0: space well not really take two here in the mitten state welcome to code 47 bringing you all things star trek spanning the quadrants the best thing since the neutral zone oh man we are back again code 47 podcast coming at you on the secret friends unite podcasting network I am your host, your humble servant, Trek Lord of West Michigan, Charlie Carden, uh coming at you with uh the, 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 the trinamic trio of uh Aaron and Rich uh to back here to talk a, a little bit about Star Trek. Guys, uh fellow beings, how are we doing this evening?
1: I'm great. Uh, you know, I it's uh, living the dream, I guess. <laughs> ah
0: ooh, ah, ah. are you are you being the awkward one tonight? Ah, ooh, I'm ah, the ooh.
1: awkward one tonight, yeah
0: who's the wuzzle well uh we we pulled we pulled a fast one last week you know we we had a we we changed the schedule we were enjoying uh season one of discovery so much that aaron says to me i just want to keep it going let's keep it going let's jump right into season two let's forget about the going through all the shows and order and all this different stuff let's keep discovery so that's what we're doing We're just, you know what, we're we're the masters of our own destiny here. We're we're driving the starship. So we're just going to get going uh, right into uh, season two of Star Trek Discovery, which gave us uh, the superb Anson Mount as Captain Pike taking the rollover from Jeffrey Hunter from the days of way back. Uh, And we have Ethan Peck, grandson of the famous Gregory Peck, the amazing actor, taking over uh, as a young Lieutenant Spock in what I think is certainly the best turn uh, since Leonard Nimoy. But that's easy to say because uh, there never was anyone who
1: did it because the J.J. verse doesn't exist. Wait, that's Gregory Peck's son or grandson? Yeah, it it is. That's amazing. That's awesome. I know.
0: I
2: know. I'm not not surprised.
0: I I mean, he has a very iconic look. I think he's a a stone cold talent. It's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally awesome. Uh, so without further ado, oh, and of course, Rebecca Romaine is number one in uh, her, her portrayal uh, actually uh, spurned the friendship between my friend Miranda and I, because she does a great number one in cosplay. My gray hair really aids me out as Captain Pike. So she and I are kind of a con circuit duo as Pike and number one. So that is very That's near true. and dear to my heart, without a doubt.
1: I was I was honestly surprised to see Rebecca remain in the middle of this. I right. didn't
2: recognize her.
0: I well, she, I, I feel like she's been out of the spotlight for an awfully long time. I can't remember. I mean, and TV, what what is she? she she's a film actor, so I, I can't really remember a show that I've seen her on. So and again, she played you know a smaller role on this. We don't see her until episode three or four. Uh, and then in the first half of the season, we're talking about the first seven episodes tonight, uh, and then we'll handle the other seven episodes when we come back next week. Um, you know, her role is minor, um, but again, it really does tee us up to see what's because the success of the season did spawn the uh, now in production. I just saw something tonight that uh, episode seven of 10 is being produced right now of the first
1: seasons of Strange New World. So we're getting closer. Oh, oh
0: wow. Yes, that's excellent.
1: Not so, seven anyway, of nine, huh?
0: Not seven of nine, no. but They should just per- make
1: them nine. That way they could do seven of nine every time. Every,
0: every, every single one. Without See. further ado, let's kick it off with episode one, Brother. Aaron, that's you.
2: Okay. En route to the planet Vulcan to pick up its new captain, the USS Discovery receives a s- distress call from the USS Enterprise. Captain Christopher Pike takes emergency command of Discovery, explaining that the Enterprise suffered catastrophic damage while investigating seven mysterious signals scattered across the galaxy. Six of the signals have since disappeared, as does the seventh when Discovery arrives at its location. The crew discovers the wreckage of the USS Hiawatha. Did I say that right? Hiawatha?
0: Hiawatha. Yeah, I believe so.
2: Hiawatha which is believed to have been lost during the war on an asteroid composed of non-baryonic matter. Inside, they find chief engineer Jet Reno using some voodoo kind of engineering techniques as a medical officer to keep people alive.
0: It was like the treehouse of horror combined with some kind of Frankenstein's lab. It was (laughs) so cool.
2: Commander Michael Burnham, having seen a red angel, that's in quotes, while on the asteroid, visits the Enterprise to search the quarters of her foster brother, Spock, who Pike reveals is on leave of absence from Starfleet. She discovers a file from his personal log describing nightmares of the seven signals he had since childhood.
0: Holy shit. What a kickoff. (laughs) To the oh first my episode of any season. It was just like, oh, they grab you by the short curlies, and they, they restored my faith in the space walk thing that annoyed the shit out of me in in two of the three jj movies oh we're doing a spacewalk oh we're doing a space jump or you suck jj this was (laughs) the bomb you know and they were in those little pod things kind of like from guardians of the galaxy uh and it was so funny you had they did have the trope of the one officer who's a real dickhead who's like don't tell me what to do i know what i'm doing i know what i'm boom gets hit by an asteroid that guy sucked. Yeah, that it
2: guy. was it was really good timing of him like getting hit. But then I liked how Pike got hit and he has like this oh shit look on his face and then, you know, it, he he is saved by Burnham. It's right. a good their relationship dynamic um starts really early on I mean in the first episode because you can tell he kind of doesn't know what to make of her because she's notorious, he's heard of her. So mm-hmm. it's it's very very cool. Did you like the scene in the beginning where they showed um, he's introducing himself and his his um, I, th- I think Tilly accidentally brings up like his whole resume. Right.
0: right. His Personnel yeah. file. Right. No, that, I thought I thought that was pretty. I just. Oh, God. He's just he's dreamy. I love everything about <laughs> his portrayal of the character. I, mean, I know. He's I've just... been
2: telling my daughter that that's her real dad.
0: Oh, oh, oh boy. That's going to be awkward someday. Um, but, yeah, wow, what, what a kickoff. I just absolutely loved it. Rich, your thoughts?
1: I think that it was a great way to start off uh, Season 2. And uh, I, the the Enterprise stuff, where Michael goes over to kind of look around her, uh, look around Spock's quarters, uh, left me wanting more Enterprise, which, mm-hmm. thankfully, we're getting. Um, right. The one thing I will say about this is you talk about how they, they did their little Spacewalk thing, and that was in in Star Trek in the in JJ's Star Trek, JJ Trek, um, Star Trek, yeah, Suck Trek, Suck and the Trek. and the writer or the director of this episode is Alex Kurtzman, yeah, wrote Star Trek to Mister Suck Trek himself, Mister yeah. Suck Trek himself has redeemed himself, but JJ. You're still on the outs, buddy. Right, you are, especially
0: when people have to say, "Yeah, nobody, nobody's loved, nobody's given JJ any love these days."
2: Maybe right, so. JJ can go make another Toy Story movie.
0: Maybe. He, did or he maybe one? just another Super Eight or something. You know, I mean, do yeah. something. Yeah. Right. That was that was genuinely enjoyable. So. Yeah. Oh,
1: crazy! All right, moving on. Episode two, New Eden. Rich, this is you. All right. Burnham confronts Pike with Spock's personal log entry. He reveals that Spock committed himself to a psychiatric Uh, (laughs) (laughs) psychiatric unit one week after taking leave and requested that Starfleet not inform her her or his parents. Discovery detects another of the signals and uses the spore drive to travel to a beta quadrant planet with a previously unknown human population. A looped transmission suggests that the population departed Earth sometime during World War III. Pike and Burnham lead an away team to the surface, finding a primitive society with a religion combining multiple human faiths. As the investigation continues, an anomaly produces an extinction-level radiation shower. Ensign Sylvia Tilley, acting, acting on a fellow Ensign's advice, uses a sample of the asteroid to avert catastrophe. Later, Tilley recognizes the Ensign as May Ahern, a high school classmate who died five years earlier. Returning to discovery, Pike reviews the footage from the soldier's helmet camera from the society and learns that the red angel from Burnham's vision brought the population from
0: earth. Ooh, the thickening of the plot and a little suspense and it thickens up. Mm -hmm. Um, wow. Great stuff. The, the old, you know, population yanked from earth a couple hundred years ago is, is a serious star Trek trope. We had that in the 37s, uh, I know that we had another episode. So not, what's another episode that we have that going on, guys? And that you have something else that jumps to mind.
1: I'm pretty sure there was something in the original series about it. There right. Was some, yeah. There was. A, what was that one that we? Um, God, I don't know. There was one I thought in Next Generation, wasn't there?
0: Pro, well, there was the uh, the Masterpiece Society, the G- genetically engineered society. So, yeah, I mean, okay. it's a it's a it's a foregone kind of Star Trek thing happening. Whatever. Um, you know, and, and they bring it, they bring in some religious iconography in this and you find out that, uh, Pike grew up in this uh, very uh, divided household where you know his father was an atheist, but he was also a comparative religion teacher or something of that nature. Uh, you found that o- Owasikin, who is the navigator, uh, is is from uh, basically a Luddite society within Earth. So you know, the, which is the the first bit of character development we get out of her. So there's yeah. certainly a, there's certainly a lot going on here. Um, they didn't mention in the first episode that you know. Tilly had this wacky head injury, and now all of a sudden she's seeing a a dead friend, and and you're like, well, why why are they, why are they tossing this weird B story in? But the and beauty that of- that girl's accent too. Yeah, yeah. I got real.
2: I got tired of it really fast.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you there. But what's mm-hmm. interesting about that is that where something again in episode two might seem like fluff, they really do find a way to layer it out into what becomes the bigger. Uh, plot line of of this first half of the season, which I really appreciate. So uh, they just really find it a a great way to keep things moving. And again, you know, thickening the depth of the Red Angel. So this is two of seven Mm -hmm. uh, signals that they're going out there to find. So it just keeps getting better. Oh, my God.
2: Did Mm -hmm. you notice that? um, They did that whole dynamic thing with Burnham and Christopher Pike again, but She doesn't want to. She thinks it's the wrong decision, but she follows his orders.
1: Mm.
2: I mean, even after he's injured, he wakes up to learn like she followed his orders, even though she wasn't against it. And then she could kind of leverage that at the end to go back and give the helmet cam. But in exchange, you know, they give um, what was the guy's name that was on the planet with the helmet cam? I don't remember. Anyway, they oh. exchange it for sub, sub, to give him some supplies, and they give him cl- some closure for the helmet cam. Right. I mean, I I just loved that whole little arc that was in it. It was very it was very cool.
1: I dug on it, Richie. What'd you I think? Uh I think anytime you give Tilly something to do, I'm happy. I like her. Yeah. I like her character. Um, I mean, the the Pike and Burnham stuff. I mean, I kind of figured that they were gonna get you know center stage, but anytime you got Tilly in there, I'm a happy guy. I like mm-hmm. Tilly. I I wasn't 100. percent I'm with you, Aaron. I didn't like the accent. I wasn't 100 percent sure where they were going to go with this, but I really yeah, liked that, that she. I mean,
2: I don't hate the accent in general. Right. I it was just a little too much for me. Yeah. And they had her talking a lot, and I was like, what's the point of this woman the whole time? So, like, the combination of like her it being confusing and the accent, I was like, I don't know if I like this. Just like Tilly going crazy, but then I mean, <laughs> we learned that that's not why. But
1: right, right.
2: That was my first impression.
1: Mm, mm, Absolutely. mm,
0: mm. All right, moving along. Episode three, Aaron, this is going to be you. Point of light.
2: Spock's mother, uh, Mrs. Sarek, I mean, Amanda (laughs) Grayson.
0: (laughs) No, you know what? My name ain't baby. It's Janet. (laughs) Miss Janet.
2: Amanda Grayson learns that he has escaped the psychiatric institute. A psychiatric unit and is wanted for murdering three doctors. Whoops. She steals she steals his medical records and takes them to Discovery for decryption. Grayson recognizes a drawing in the records from Spock's childhood art, the Red Angel. Burnham admits to emotionally hurting Spock when they were young to oh I get it now okay to protect him from Vulcan's <laughs> logic extremists. On Quonos, Klingon House leader Coleshaw threatens to kill Starfleet officer Ash Tyler, formerly oh, Klingon Valk, Kill him. And the <laughs> Klingon empires later Laurel for having a secret child. Instead, they kill him with the help of Philippa Giorgio, the Empress of the Mirror Universe's Terran Empire, and now a Starfleet Section 31 agent. In a ruse to consolidate power, Laurel convinces the Klingon High Council High that Tyler and the baby are dead. Giorgio delivers the baby to a monastery and recruits Tyler to Section 31. Burnham and engineer Paul Stamets used dark matter to remove a parasite from Tilly that caused her to hallucinate May.
0: Wow, yeah, whole a lot, lot going go- on. This is a like going-
2: soap opera. I know whole
0: <laughs> yeah. lot the going baby on here. and yeah, you know the Klingon stuff. I could I I, I could do without it. I, yeah. I just I, I just you know, and I guess I'm kind of like Ash Tyler and their their extreme. Uh, you know, Klingon overpronunciation. There's the accent that drives me nuts. Where they're always like, <laughs> 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 yep. I yeah, know.
2: but they do they do it a lot slower than that on this. They talk so slow.
0: I know, guttural and slow. So yeah. I feel like there would have been a better use of story development to not go back to the well with these, this just, Oh, the Klingons from season one just did not do it for me. So um, I,
2: had a, I had a question about this episode when I was watching it. It's not about the episode. It's just about something I was thinking about the next generation, but the monastery that they go to is the same one that they go to in the episode rightful air on TNG. Yes, and since they age differently, do you think it's possible that Vox sun is on that monastery in that episode of TNG?
0: Could be. I mean, I mean, you know, oh, yeah, he, you you, huh. you definitely see like, you know, when you have the the TOS Klingons, uh, Kang, uh, Koloth, and Kor that show up in DS9, they're obviously, you know, 150 years older thereabouts. So yeah, why 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 wouldn't it be exactly the same?
2: Well, also mm-hmm. when we see Pike there later and he meets Vok, or not Vok, what's his name? What's the, oh they don't name him. The unnamed son of Vok. Right. Son of Vok. um yeah. He's an he's an adult. So, I mean, he could just age rapidly to become an adult and then be an adult
0: for 500 years. I, you know, you're jumping ahead in something I don't remember watching, so stop it! That's in the latter <laughs> oh, half. Knock it off. Um, so anyway, yeah, could have done without the Klingon stuff. Uh, I'm glad that they wrapped up or got close to wrapping up this telly, Tilly hit injury deal, yep. or they're trying to, because, yeah, I just... Bruh.
1: So anyway, Richie, your thoughts? Uh, you don't want that Tilly stuff to go on too long because you want her. You know, it's it's it is like you said, the B story, and I feel just like it
2: does up. go on too long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it, it becomes like the B plus story where you don't need it right. to Right. More <laughs> exactly. of a B minus. Right. And then also at section thirty one. I want more of that. I know there was a, a show that was supposed to be in development. I don't know if it still is. Um, I think so. It's T- it. That's fantastic. T-
0: I, 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 it was my understanding that it was kind of TBD. So I don't, uh-huh. I, I don't know if that's the case, but who
1: uh-huh. knows? Lastly, the Ash Tyler Vok Lorel thing, this, even, even this synopsis confuses me more about this. Was he, is he formerly a Klingon? Uh, he was, God, what or do we was figure he out? Formerly Ash Tyler with Klingon memories implanted, implanted in him
0: like he's was always Ash Tyler, but then he got brain scrubbed, but they yeah, did so it now by he's
2: t- now he's both, yeah, yeah, so he's just like kind of eternally both, but I think Ash Tyler is now like the dominant personality.
1: I really don't think I like the way they did that. I really don't i like I wish I, they I do just- and I
2: don't because honestly, I hated the whole Ash Tyler thing the last. Season and by the end of season two, I, I'm like, okay, he's all right. <laughs> so I mean, they—they, they, I know what you're saying—you don't like him, but I—I I don't think that there was anything else that they could have possibly done to make this a redeemable character except yeah. kill him.
1: Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> but shows shows always jump to that though. So this is it, yeah, right. But kudos he, to yeah, them for trying. The
2: actor know? may have had a contract.
1: There's that right. Thing. And you don't know, and again, you don't know that he's gone
0: forever because the actor, the character could be back in Stranger Worlds. He could be back in the Section 31 thing if it pops up. But uh, anyway, moving on to Episode 4, this is where we're starting to kick into gear with what we're going to find out uh, developing a plot line through the rest of the season. So uh, Episode 4 is an obel for
1: Sharon. So I believe Rich is up. That's me a living intelligent planetoid sized sphere pulls discovery out of warp and immobilizes it the crew surmises the sphere is a well intentioned or is well intentioned and has gathered a gargantuan amount of data all over the galaxy that it does not want to be lost before it dies however the sphere's hold on discovery triggers varha varhari vahari how does that yes. go yes yeah, Bahari. I think that I, I think you got.
0: Yeah, it's
2: Fahari.
1: Yep, In Commander Seru, a fatal a fatal condition to his species, the Kelpians, which is a great name. The sphere transmits its information to the crew and dies, releasing Discovery to not be caught in an in the ensuing ens- explosion. Seru asks Burnham to help him prepare for his death by removing his threat ganglia, which sense danger. However, they fall out on their own and leave Saru healthy and living without overwhelming fear. Meanwhile, the parasite attaches itself to Tilly again, once again again, accessing her memories to communicate as a hallucination of May. The parasite claims discovery has nearly destroyed its ecosystem by using its species' mycelial network to jump through space with the spore drive. Then it consumes Tilly, leaving no trace of her.
2: I think I'm going uh, ed- to edit these down for
1: us. Yeah, jeez.
2: Yeah. So moving moving forward, I I'm, I'm going to edit these down a little. All
0: bit. right, okay. you you are you are more than welcome. This Thank episode you. this episode uh you know contra- the, the 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 data the sphere data whatever is that's uh, control is the name of it which that that takes over the drive of the rest of the season and mm-hmm. of course it is what uh is the reason that that Discovery does have to leave uh, the 23rd century at the right. end to, to jump forward. And and that's all legit. Uh, the stuff with uh, Saru, awesome. It's great yeah. to see his character go through that character development. And it really uh, does jump us right into uh, the next episode or the, the next couple of episodes where we see him uh, going back to his home planet. Uh, and then uh, the showdown with the, the Ba'ul, the the evil like black uh, like it looks like armis the thing that killed tashiar uh yeah. that like weird creepy species like that's all cool the stuff with tilly knock it off i, I am know. i'm done did I'm you done. I,
2: did you guys I, catch the 47 reference in this episode
0: you know they, they all float around so much i i mm-hmm. i, I life, necessarily life's, recall all life's,
2: of them. life support is at 47%
0: of course 47 <laughs> is you know what we should, we should we should absolutely be a little bit. If you catch a 47 during a show, put it in the show notes because again, we have to be responsible to 47 cuz we are code 47. But that's <laughs> what I'm,
2: that's what I'm doing, Charlie.
0: I got you. and you, and you do it well. Um so this
2: is the first time I've ever heard anyone speak Hebrew on Star Trek.
0: Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Whenever that's...
2: their their translator was messed up with the sphere and they were all speaking right. different languages, yeah, one of um, uh, Christopher Pike was speaking Hebrew.
0: Right, that's awesome. That I was love pretty it. cool. I love it. So great stuff. Uh, but keep me the, the Tilly scene, and again, that does that that does flower. It does produce fruit, and it does give us uh, plot development even in the next couple of episodes. But uh, just find <laughs> some other way. You know what I mean? So, uh, Aaron, other thoughts? Nope, that's it. All right, Richie.
1: Uh I was happy to see the the developments with Saru. Uh I like him as a character. I like the the idea that they've been living with this these threat ganglia and like thinking that this was you know, the loss of them meant death and all that. Without I think
2: that was my my favorite part of this too, Rich. Yeah. I I wasn't a big fan of this episode, even though this whole season to me is dynamite. Um mm-hmm. but I I didn't I didn't like the episode that much, but I really liked that part with Saru. Yeah. Yeah. It
1: mm-hmm. gave it, it, it gave it a little bit more because they talk about it so much in the first season. Threat ganglia. Right. Threat ganglia. I mean, ganglia is a weird word to begin with, but they talked about it like a lot. And, so ga- so ganglous. Yeah. Right. And
2: <laughs> yeah, they were pretty gangly.
1: Yeah. And, and so it gives it, it gives the whole thing. It, it kind of wraps up that whole mini arc for him, what that means and what that means for his species. And I kind of right. like that.
0: Well, I I really did enjoy kind of the tender characterization moments between him and Burnham. They were so at odds, Mm -hmm. Uh, certainly in the first season with everything that happened, you know, in the first couple of episodes with the Battle of the Binaries and George O being killed and and Mm -hmm. Michael, you know, being being imprisoned and and how much. Uh, you know Saru just hated having her around again because he was like, you know, oh, I'm free of this toxic relationship I had. With yeah. My and like
2: she's the one she's the one he trusts the most at this right. point. Right. Yeah, exactly. you're right. So
0: it's 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 an amazing, you know, 180 uh, in that character relationship. And I think really well illustrated in this episode. So I, I dig on that. So, well, cool. Moving along. Number five, Saints of
1: Imperfection.
2: Stamets and Burnham conclude Tilly has been taken to the mycelial network. She wakes up there with the May parasite who wants her to to help her stop a monster ravaging their world. Discovery finds the shuttle that Spock used to escape the psychiatric unit to find Giorgio on board. Section 31 Captain Leland assigns Tyler to Discovery as a liaison to ensure that Discovery does not interfere with Section 31's own investigation into Spock. Discovery conducts a half-jump into the mycelial network to give Stamets and Burnham limited time to find Tilly before the network consumes the ship. Burnham and Stamets discover the monster is Stamets' husband, Hugh Culber, the former Discovery medical officer who was murdered by Tyler during the war. Stamets was connected to the network when Culber died, allowing his energy to be recreated by the spores. Burnham now convinces May to use the parasite cocoon on Discovery— through which Tilly was transported into the network to rebuild Culber's body in normal space. I gotta say, guys, this whole thing with Culber, I, it was stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just, you just would just prefer to have him left dead. I mean, like, it was. Fair-
2: I, I liked him as a character. Don't get me wrong, but why did they kill him in the first place? This was like the dumbest way to resurrect a character. It was just, yeah. to me, it was just
0: dumb. It was so Star Trekky, but it, and again. I mean, was his death really pivotal in season one to, you know, demonstrate Tyler's descent into madness? No, there was
2: absolutely no point.
0: I,
1: yeah, I don't,
2: and maybe there wasn't. I don't get it, but it it just seems like it was pointless to me.
1: The the point is for is later, I think, because Hugh is going to become a driving force for Stamets and his decisions um, later, yeah. even though they're kind of on the outs for a little bit.
2: Yeah, but right. what is what is it him and his decisions? But what does it matter because mm-hmm. they in season three? Spoiler alert: they're both on Discovery, right? And right. they're both together. So what was the point of this at all?
0: Right to 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 create a momentary lapse, like what kind of a will. They will. oh, are they going to make it? Whatever it is, yeah, it was just
2: like t- so. To me, it was just soap opera
0: drama. They they it, they do tend to squeak in a little bit more of that to this show and yeah. uh, but 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 somehow they find a way to make it work because we we all love the show so much. But <laughs> always I hear
2: opposite- them I hear them mentioning Leland in this, by the way. It's not written in the synopsis at all. Oh no, Captain Leland assigns Tyler. Did, yes. when I heard this and I heard the name Leland, I was like, you know what? Leland is just as douchey sounding as Ash Tyler. The name
0: <laughs> yeah. We had – there was a guy in our friend group in high school whose name was, was Leland, and he just didn't necessarily turn out to be a great guy. He was one of my brother's friends. So, kind of, yeah, kind of douchey in the final analysis. So, I, I'm with you. I don't necessarily disagree. Don't sounds necessarily like the, disagree. Sounds
1: like the first name of a Stephen King bad guy is what it sounds
0: yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Leland Leland, Leland Le- McDouche, Leland, yeah. the, Leland McJu- the crooked sheriff of Naughty Pines, <laughs> Maine. <laughs> Did I nail it? Is that a real character? It seems like
1: it's, it absolutely seems like it is. I think it's uh, isn't it it Leland, Leland Gaunt, I think, is a character, a Stephen King character. Oh, I
2: good. don't know. I, I honestly, I don't like Stephen King.
0: <laughs> a- oh. I know. I said April, 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 April is a huge fan.
1: But yeah, he's he, the uh, he's the proprietor of Needful Things. I yes. think. Oh, I, there think, go.
2: I think that he get I think that Stephen King is like has really, really good ideas, but I don't think he's a very good writer
1: he doesn't know how to end a story that's for sure so i think and like i he, like
2: stephen king but i think i think his stuff makes like really good films but i tried to read stephen king books and i'm like these are so horribly written i can't read this
1: mm.
0: <laughs> but it's my, super my, my. creative
2: anyway sorry everybody's gonna hate me now
0: oh my goodness yes <laughs> you, you it, get ready for our twitter to actually blow up so uh <laughs> episode six uh with respect to mr bob Seeger, the sound of thunder Oh, God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Another of the mysterious signals leads discovery to Saru's homeworld of Kaminar. Mm! Yeah, the Kelpians' predators, the Ba'ul, demand Pike surrender Saru as Starfleet has agreed to stay out of the conflict between the two species. Pike refuses, but Saru turns himself over to prevent a fight. Tilly works with the technologically augmented Lieutenant Commander Arium, to sift through the sphere's information on Kaminar. They learn that the post-Vahari Kelpians were once Kaminar's dominant species and nearly eradicated the Ba'u, with the latter only surviving using their superior technology to call Kelpians before they lose their threat ganglia. Pike uses the Ba'ul's technology to trigger Vahari and all Kelpians, hoping the two species can instead work towards peaceful solution once the Kelpians are freed and learn the truth about their past from Saru's priestess sister, Sarana. The Ba'ul retaliates to stop, retaliates to Starfleet's actions by com- attempting genocide but is stopped by the red angel whom Ceru sees as a humanoid wearing a highly advanced suit.
2: Ooh. We got more hints about the red angel.
1: I'm the horrible telling last you, sentence in
0: that You thing, know way. who is you know who is clearly in the Red Angel suit? Dr. Samuel Beckett. Don't isn't this very quantum leapy? <laughs> He's jumping all over the damn place, you know, putting things right that were wrong. Samson, Delilah, and King Kong. Okay, that last part was a rap lyric. Very, very. It is very obscure, but I, I felt the need. Um, this
2: this this episode was kind of dark. I mean, they're all kind of dark. But it was it was almost a little bit scary. Saru yeah, I... went kind of psycho. Um, and you know, I remember I was watching this with my boyfriend, who he likes Star Trek, but he was sitting there, his eyes glued to the TV, with his mouth open, like the entire episode, because he was so enthralled with it. And I mean, I really liked it.
1: It was so, an yeah, intense episode. Very much. Yeah. So. And yet,
0: yeah, and, 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 groundbreaking. And again, for, you know, the species overall, uh, you know, for Saru in particular, uh, and to learn that, you know, that their entire, uh, life of subservience is based, is predicated upon uh, the fact, you know, uh, on a lie, but the fact that, yeah, they're they, 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 all yeah. living
2: a lie. They're not only all living a lie, but they're killing each other because mm-hmm. of this lie. Every, familiar. Yeah. Everyone, it's, everyone's <laughs> mm-hmm. been complicit in murder.
0: Right. Right. So it's, I mean, it's intense, but again, it's very intense. You know, the beauty of it is, is that this episode, again, the Red Angel just pops up at the end. And it's like, you know, it's one of those memes on Facebook. Follow me for more recipes. It's like you just, you keep you keep following <laughs> the Follow Red Angel. for more recipes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that could be the name of this episode. You guys keep talking while I change the name of the episode. Yeah,
2: change it. Go ahead. Oh, um,
0: my
2: gosh. Rich, will you read the last one while he changes the episode?
1: You want me to read the last one, too? I can read the last yeah. one. Light and shadows. Discovery is confronted by a time anomaly while researching the Red Angel signal over Kaminar. Uh, Pike and Tyler investigate the anomaly in a shuttlecraft, sending sending a probe into it. The same probe soon attacks them, now upgraded with future technology, which uses their shuttle's computer system to infect Arium secretly. They destroy it with Stamets' help as the exposure to the network allows him to ignore the time discrepancies in the anomaly. Meanwhile, Burnham visits Vulcan as she continues to search for Spock confronting Grayson. Burnham learns that she has been hiding Spock who has been, who is in, physical distress or psychological distress, excuse me, repeating phrases and a series of numbers. His father, Sarek instructs Burnham to trust Starfleet and take Spock to section 31 to fix his mind. Section 31's doctors claim that they can help him. But when, but Giorgio wants her, warns her that Spock will not survive the memory extractor that section 31 plans to use on him. Burn, uh, excuse me, Giorgio helps Burnham stage an attack that allows Burnham and Spock to escape the ship.
0: So searching for Spock and then on the run with Spock Jane and Spock see them go up the hill I mean there's just there's a lot of moving and shaking in this but oh my god I I am loving Ethan Peck as Spock. He's really oh, oh my
2: god, that's in my notes. I was like I love 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 Ethan Peck as Spock way more than JJ Stupid Spock.
0: Oh, oh yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and and JJ since we're going to take a moment to bash JJ anyway, there was nothing about the <laughs> Spock character in those movies that fit the bill. I no. mean, you know, no. him his relation his romance with Uhura made no sense. Culturally, no. it's ridiculous because that's not what Vulcans do. They don't. They don't get horny and hook up with a coworker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that it, it, whether the human or the not human Spock never did that. He was just. He was all over the place. Uh, he was getting all pissy. Uh, you know, it's just it was terrible. Where the, you know this Spock, while he's, you know, his madness, his his ness has a purpose that drives the plot forward and re, re, is really interesting to watch. So he's great. Love seeing George Owen to play. Section Thirty One is, is shady as shit. Yeah, um, but I
2: like Georgia. You see her go from like dark universe badass to badass with feelings.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So she's kind of kind of found her niche. So Section Thirty One is a weird anomaly because you know it was it was founded in DS Nine. It was a very shadowy organization off the books. Nobody knew what it was. Uh, it jumped back to Enterprise, which is you know hundred years prior to Discovery, two hundred years prior to DS Nine, where they're also very much in the shadows. They have the same outfit. So those Section 31 outfits don't change in 200 years. Talk about <laughs> lack of repli- replicator acumen. They can't get some decent new clothes. Um, but by the time we're here in Discovery, Section 31 is its own branch of Starfleet. They got their own ships. They have their own fancy badge. So, you know, does something happen to Section 31 to drive them back into the shadows? That's what I think is potentially a future, you know, story element that we could see. I think that would be cool.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you.
0: 100%. Well, all right. I li- I like <laughs> that. So, uh, any other thoughts?
2: Uh no.
1: Not really. No. 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 I'm, I laid I'm, one
2: out. I am really really excited for what's what's to come. Yeah. I mean, they they snuck that little sentence in the long rambling synopsis about Arium. um and you know I had a really, really hard time um, in a couple episodes coming up. So I'm very, the second half of season two is amazing. So I, I can't wait to do it. Cracker I mean, this Jesse, is good, yeah. but that's awesome.
0: Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. And, and it, it delivered, especially those last couple episodes, like, oh my, just, oh, oh, I can't wait to talk about it. So we will be, uh, you'll you're listening to this right now. Uh, it's, you know, Monday uh, it's, it's uh, Memorial day uh that when this episode drops and then uh that that first monday in june is when you'll be listening to us ramp it up so uh anyway out of the news two stories this week john delancey he's still being a little scamp uh i know that but that, pi- that
2: picture that they have i took a oh picture my god. Of, i took a picture of my computer screen and sent it to you he's got his mouth <laughs> open it's like an oh my god kind of face oh it's my hilarious goodness.
0: So he, he's back there now. You know, he's talking about, you know, his appearances uh, on the upcoming season or seasons of Picard because it's being rumored that seasons uh, two and three are filming back to back. So he's coming back and just planning on harassing up uh, not only Picard, but he does uh, give a tease that we could see the return of Data, who did die uh, officially, or he was taken offline or he disappeared in little bips and bobs at the end of Picard. Sorry, Richie, you didn't see Picard, had
1: you? Oh, shit, no. That's okay. I'll wipe oh, it from my, my God. memory.
0: I'm sorry. Yes, exactly. Bloop. Uh, I would go watch that very soon. Uh, so that we, don't <laughs> into, we don't run into this again. Um, but, yeah, you know, Delancey. And, again, I've had my misgivings. How is Delancey going to fit in with the Picard format? Um, I know. It,
2: I'm for I think it'll be fine. Don't worry. You know, Trust I, well, me.
0: If it, it, it suggests that, that they're gonna go with a different approach in, in season two, which is fine because if everything was dark and dour, then every then it, again it would just become very homogenous. So um Delancey's great. I you know, I'm coming around looking to be more excited uh to see him, but I do want to know when we're getting the show. Soon ish, maybe. Soon. Coming soon. Prou- prou-
2: I hope so because these actors aren't getting any younger, so they need to hurry wow. up. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know. We, yeah, they go to, to
1: expire. So, Rich, any thoughts
0: about Q? Are you a diehard uh, fan like we are?
1: Uh, you know, I I, I can kind of take relief Q, which is weird because I think a lot of people really like Q. I think he's all right. He's fine. Um, and I
2: just read just now that Picard hasn't um, signed the contract yet. That's why they haven't done it.
1: They haven't oh, done. Oh, they, you mean um.
2: Patrick Stewart Patrick Cole's, Stewart
1: hasn't signed the contract He yet?
2: hasn't he hasn't signed the deal to return to Star Trek yet.
1: Uh-oh. Oh,
0: oh but but they're filming the show. You mean f- beyond what's being filmed right now?
2: Yeah, so oh. they don't know about a season 3.
1: Interesting. He might not do
2: it. I mean, he's 77 years old, so maybe he doesn't want to.
1: Yeah, Let right. Let the guy right. rest.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe I, yeah, he wants to go like Boca Raton and like live it up. That's what i right? do.
1: Del or maybe Boca France or something. Del Boca
2: Vista.
0: <laughs> oh my god uh and then finally uh getting back to lower decks uh mike mcmahon interviewed recently and i said this it says exploring ensigns and unexpected camos. i thought it said exploding ensigns so maybe (laughs) that's a new a new twist are we all caught up on lower decks i know aaron you were kind of like it's a a cartoon i know
2: i watched i'm
0: i'm trying I know, but it's gonna be August before you know it, so you gotta get caught up because I'll
2: be ca- I promise I'll be caught up all by right. the time we do it. So you can spoil it all you want, though. I, well, I, I
0: mean, you know, this not there's not tremendous. I mean, at the end of it, you know, uh, Boimler, who is our main character, he took a promotion uh, to be on the Titan so he could be with Riker, who is his hero, which I totally understand. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, th- this makes it sound like uh, season two is gonna pick up where that cliffhanger left off. Uh, which was, you know, uh, really expertly shown in that teaser where Boimler's you know, flying the ship and freaking out. Um, uh, we also had Rutherford, who was the the cyborg crewman, uh, had his implants ripped out and lost his memories. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's looking like we're not going to just, you know, shelve that, um, but we're going to pick things up and we're going to keep things moving to uh, season three. So this is just a delightful show. I love mm-hmm. the half hour format. I love the ten episode. Uh, Season run because you can sit down and just knock it out and enjoy it all over again. So
2: well, they're saying I've, that Will Will Wheaton's going to be on it.
0: Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> if you just, re- if you read the article. Uh, well, you you know I'm a skimmer. Uh, oh, have you guys? Okay.
2: Have you guys <laughs> and O'Brien, Miles have O'Brien. You,
0: have you guys been listening to uh, Gates McFadden's new podcast, The Investigates? No. no. Is it good? Oh my God, it's amazing! She just had her third episode. First one was Frakes. Second one was LeVar Burton. This week's is Will Wheaton. Wow! And it is not in any way, shape, or form about Star Trek. They don't talk about Star Trek at all. They, huh. She is she is just, she's interviewing them is just as if they were a regular ass person. She's talking to old friends. So it's really it's quite exceptional. I, I would recommend it. But
2: yeah, I'll definitely check it
0: out. But uh, yeah. but yeah yeah, struggling with Wesley and. And yeah, Q made an appearance, and yeah, O'Brien, and yeah, oh my gosh, it's just, it's fun, and that's a show, that's a wink and a nod kind of show, you know, Mm as far as the little little teasers that they do um, to kind of trot out um, little things about Star Trek. A lot of inside jokes, but I think definitely very enjoyable to kind of the masses, the uninitiated, so anyway.
1: And it's, it's the only Titan show we're ever going to get. It's the only show with like exactly. what goes out on the Titan that we're ever going to get.
0: So no, ah, oh, robbed of that. <laughs> well, uh, that's about to show you guys. So without further ado, who's ta- who's, uh, who's rolling us away to this week? Aaron's doing it. Do it. All right.
2: For more information about Starfleet International and Michigan and beyond, please visit Graham Potosky and Nomad on Facebook. The Code 47 podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network and is produced by Todd Oxtra.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, friends, as always, thank you for joining us. We are, of course, uh, the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network for great shows, all found on our brand new website. That is right. We launched just a couple of weeks ago. Secret Friends Unite Dot com. It's the home to all of our podcasts, our four shows, this program, Code 47, all about Star Trek, obviously. Holocron Chronicles talks about Star Wars. Uh, Co-op mode talks about video games and Secret Friends Unite. Since 2014 has been your guide to the geek side, bringing you a, uh, a melange of Geek culture news. Uh, so find us over there, including original content, uh, photo stories, and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, you can find us over on Twitter at Secret Drop us a line, let us know something you're enjoying, uh, and we will hit you back and talk about you on one of our shows. Right now, on Monday, if you listen to the show like just when it comes out, our store over on T Public is wrapping up a Memorial Day sale up to 35% off of t shirts, hoodies, magnets, stickers unfortunately not hats unfortunately not hot pants it's it's a do real they have bummer socks? they do not have socks which is okay. just like what are you doing but they but, have uh, stickers but they have stickers and magnets. <laughs> coffee I gonna, mugs i they have caught co- and tumblers oh yeah, I, was...
2: I i can't wait to get a coffee mug with oh, friends Unite" on it i'm gonna do, do that this weekend
0: i think you should i was gonna get a couple magnets slap those on my fridge so at any rate i'll be the those... envy of all my friends all of your friends. So at any rate, the proceeds do go uh, to support the show, keeping the show going, uh, and to enhance our abilities to bring you more fun content in the future. So, friends, one more time, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking. Kaplah.
1: And to remember, uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. or the one.